Well, that's what trees do for me. I hope you have something in your life that does that for you. That when you forget who you are, there's someone or something that reminds you. And this, I believe, I love this symbol of the tree because this is what we are. We are firmly grounded in earth. We are definitely in these bodies. And our bodies depend upon the goodness of this earth. And yet we are also connected at all times to the heavens, to spirit, to the one love, to the great energy and power of God. We are that. We are walking trees. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I start living way up here and forget what's going on down here. And we do that to our peril, not just to our spiritual peril, but to our physical peril, to our actual peril. Do we ignore the earth and ignore our own bodies? And so for Earth Day this year, I wanted to bring us into a celebration and possibly a reacquaintance with our earthliness. Because I don't believe we were sent here to use spirit to bypass our humanness. I believe we were created human on purpose and with great love. As it says in the scripture, fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who you are. That's who I am. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Imagine all of the things that have to come together to make your body work. Imagine all of the trillions upon trillions of gazillions of things that have to come together for this planet to do what it does. As Mary Oliver says, to renew itself every morning, to renew itself every season, to have seasons of darkness and death, and then to spring with new life again. So I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate Earth Day. I want to celebrate Earth because every day is Earth Day as long as we're living here. As long as we're living here, every day is Earth Day. And there are many religions that were, that were um, founded and bound very closely to the earth, especially in pre-Christianity. Um, there were indigenous religions of all types, the pre-Christian European religions, the religions of the Druids and the Celtics, which we know very little about. The neo-pagans, even today, are an earth religion. And what I find, because this is my jam, is finding the similarities rather than the differences between us and others, is that the, the main difference between earth religions and the way we tend to practice our religions is that we tend to put our religion in a box. This is church, and this is my life. Whereas the Native Americans that I have so much um, respect for and feel a connection to, even though Bob made me do a DNA thing, which turns out that I'm not Native American at all, even the tiniest little bit, which really made me mad. Because um, I always assumed that I was, and I liked it better when I didn't know. <laughs> the Native Americans, especially, and, all, and really all Earth religions, walking is a religion. Hunting was a religion. 
relationships were a religion. Eating is a religious practice. All were sacred. And there was great gratitude in all of it. And here's our thing. When we incorporate our spirituality into all of life, when we bring heaven to earth, when we instill our earthliness, our bodies, with that heavenly light that is available for us all the time, but not available so that we can go, ding, 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 isn't that nice? But to actually live in, to live in that light, to walk in that light, to heat, to eat in that light, to hunt in the grocery store in that light, to plant and to harvest in that light, to be in relationship with one another in that light. Do you have relationships that you consider sacred and others that you consider not sacred? I'm here to tell you that if every soul, which I believe, every soul has its own connection to the divine, then every relationship is potentially sacred. It is sacred, but if you don't know it is, you don't treat it as such, and therefore it can become profane. So how can we incorporate our spirituality into every day? How can we start to pay attention to the messages of our bodies, to the messages of the earth, to the messages from each other, to the messages from a tree? It has lived so much longer than we. And if we listen, I swear, if we listen, has wisdom to impart. How do we do that? I'm going to answer that question. And I make it preachy, but, you know, it's an occupational hazard. We begin to see all of life, all as worthy and deserving of respect. We begin to see everything as from God, every person as from God. This sounds like, yeah, we say this every week, but it's true and it's not just a lofty idea. It's something that we can incorporate into our living. What if you woke up in the morning and saw God every single place you looked? How would your life be transformed? How much more peaceful could you be? How much more helpful could you be to yourself and others? How much less harm would you do in the world? So one way to begin that is, to st is just to tell ourselves, to practice saying, this rock is from God. This tree is from God. This sky is a gift from God. This ground underneath my feet is a gift from God. And recognize it as such and just say thank you. Thank you, son. Thank you, tree. Thank you for all of the gifts that you give. Your house is probably made at least partly of wood. You may thank the trees that sacrifice themselves to make your house and know that they are sacred in every moment that you remember that they are. One of my um, teachers in seminary was an Iroquois native who was a shaman and a pipe carrier. And he lives in New York City. And one of the first classes with him, I was like, I have a question. How can you live in New York City 
when your religion, when your spirit, when your very being is so um, tied up in nature. And he said to me these beautiful words that have just echoed in me since then. He said, these are my canyons. Just because the rocks have been formed into skyscrapers doesn't make them not rocks anymore. Just because the rocks have been formed into glass doesn't make them not rocks anymore. Look around. Everything came from nature because, right? What, else, what other materials do we have to work with as humans? Now we've made some pretty pesky things out of them. But everything is from nature. Fossil fuels are from nature. And so we begin to just notice. Number one, just notice. And then when we notice, to give thanks. Thank you. Thank you, house. Thank you, ground underneath my feet. And I want to encourage you to do a practice that there's been a lot of scientific research on of late called grounding, which is simply that you take your shoes off and you put them on the earth somewhere. That there is actually, our bodies are made of electricity, right? Are, are animated by electricity and so is the earth. And we um, insulate ourselves, literally insulate ourselves from the power coming from the earth. So take your shoes off and stand on the grass or stand in the dirt or do like I love to do, because I, I say, I'm admitting, I live in my head, I'm busy, I'm always going someplace, I forget to go outside. But then when I remember, if I plunge my hands in some dirt, there is nothing more healing for me. There is nothing more healing for me. So ground yourself. Ground yourself in nature. Hug a tree. If you like hugging trees, I personally do or whatever your connection is. I learned a long time ago that part of my morning meditation, I used to think, I'm trying to meditate if this cat would just stay off my lap. And then I realized, oh, this cat is part of my morning meditation. It's sharing its spirit with me and making holes in my thighs, but <laughs> it's sharing its spirit with me. I can incorporate the sacred rather than calling it profane and separating it from myself. I am learning to do this. Sometimes I will teach you from um, my mastery, and sometimes I will teach you from my growing edge. This is definitely my growing edge, y'all. But it's very important to me. So we feel it. We see it, and we feel it. Take a moment to feel, what does the sun feel like? Take a moment to feel, what does the rain feel like? You know, for me, most of the time, the rain feels like my hair is getting messed up. But if we actually take a moment to stand in the rain, it feels pretty good. It feels pretty good. I mean, we pay to run water over ourselves on a daily basis. When we could just walk out the front door on a day like it's probably going to be later today and enjoy some of that, I will be protecting my hair from the rain because I have a show tonight. So we start to be grateful not only for the healing of the sun. You know, the sun heals. If you have a wound, get it out in the sun. It will heal faster. Did you know that? Salt water heals wounds. The ocean is very healing. All water is very healing. We're made up of water. 
We have a very close connection to water. The earth heals and the air provides for us. We don't need, you don't get up in the morning and think, oh, first on my list, I need to remember to breathe today. The air is, comes into you. Your body was made so that when you're not paying attention, the air just comes in. And then you let it go, and then it comes in, and then you let it go, and then it comes in again. Start to see that as sacred, as amazing, as the very presence of God within you. And then when you, are, when you start to notice, when you see and you feel and you hear, hear the bird sounds hear the traffic sounds. Those are people going somewhere. Those people are your people because there is no their people. There is only our people. Listen and then be grateful. And when you are grateful, you will not be taking things for granted anymore. And you will stop wasting. We waste so much water and we know that there are people on the earth who have to travel miles to get dirty water in a bucket to take back to their families. So what do you do about that? You give to water charities, I do. You might even be called to go help big wells somewhere. That would be lovely if you're called to do that. But one thing you can do is not waste the water that you have. To use it with gratitude and with Presence. We run water and we're not even present to it. We don't even know what's happening. What if water were sacred and rare? How would you treat it then? Because it's sacred and rare. Fossil fuels. Do you have to use them? Can you do two or three things in one trip or do you have to make two or three trips? Can you use a vehicle that uses less? Can you use public transportation? Can you ride somewhere with somebody so there aren't three cars going? These are just ideas. You, you extrapolate from here and think, how can I do this? Turn off the lights, use a different kind of bulb. Those are things I know to do. And these are complicated matters. I'm gonna, when I say I'm going to preach, I mean I'm going to start preaching in an annoying way about physical things that we can do to take care of our planet. And if you're annoyed, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I understand that these are very, very complex things because you get, I just bought a hybrid car. You buy, you buy a hybrid car, and then you know that the batteries are sourced from places that are very cruel to the earth. So I'm using less gas, but now I'm also using this battery. I know it's complicated, and all we can do is stay awake and aware and do the best we can. Stay awake and aware and do the best we can. And avoid, this is my preaching part, avoid using anything disposable. We've got this thing where it's like, oh, it's disposable, it's great. You don't have to deal with it anymore. Guess what? You have to deal with it. Your children and your grandchildren and your grandchildren's grandchildren have to deal with it because we say, you can use it and then you can throw it away. What is away? There is earth, there is air, there is water. Those are the three things that we have. 
So there is no away. It's either in the earth or it's in the air or it's in the water or most likely all three. So what if you use something over and over again and take care of it and treat the items in your home as if they were sacred? Because by using them again and again and again and again, you get to save the places that you think are away. <laughs> you keep them with you. Anything, I mean, recycling is good, but not having to recycle is way better. Anything that is less, anything that you do that is less helps more in general. Use less gas, use less water, use fewer disposable items as much as you possibly can. Less is more, use only as needed. Because when we waste, we are disrespecting our Mother Earth. We are harming our Mother Earth. We are directly causing harm. And so educate yourself. I'm, I'm educating you a little bit today by some of the practices that I try to do and that I try to remain aware of, but I educate myself all the time. I was so proud of my hybrid cars and, or, or that I was planning to get a hybrid until I started reading about the batteries, and then I really had to go, what is the right thing to do here? And I prayed on it, and I don't know if I made the right choice or not. But I prayed on it, and I made a choice with respect in my heart and harmlessness to the best degree that I could come up with in my heart. You may be able to do better than me. I hope you are. I hope you are able to do better than I. But educate yourself. Use sustainable products. Use sustainable companies. Use companies that aren't throwing stuff in the water and that aren't creating things to dispose of. And think, anything that we use, do I need this? Sometimes we get things that we want that we don't need, and I'm not saying don't do that. Want is, was given to us just as everything else. It's part of being human. But then think to yourself, what will happen to it after I'm finished with it? If there's no good thing that could happen to it after you're finished with it, you might think twice about how much you really want it. Never throw away what can be used by someone else. It's easier to just throw it all in the garbage than it is to separate it out. It's easier to throw it in the garbage than it is to bag it up and take it to goodwill. But think of the people you could help and the ways that you can refrain from harming by giving away. Did you know that Goodwill, I'm just staring this with you because I only know this because my daughter was a Girl Scout and we toured the Goodwill factory when she was a Girl Scout. Goodwill takes every textile, unless it is contaminated with hazardous waste, they will sell all the clothes they can sell and then they'll take those clothes to an outlet center and they'll sell them for really cheap and then what's left over from that they will ship to third world countries who don't have as many choices in clothing as we do and they will sell them there and when and after that they will make rags out of what is wear, not wearable and then they will make yarn out of the things that are too destroyed to be rags rugs are created and a lot of the, um, there are especially quite a few organizations that help w indigenous women 
to make a living, and a lot of them are using the recycled materials that come from here to create things that we like and sending them back over here and making a living for themselves and recycling materials and giving us more things that we want. Yay! Never throw a textile away unless it is contaminated with hazardous waste. Reduce, use less, and then reuse it as many times as you can and then Give it to someone else who can use it if you can't use it anymore. And then and only then recycle it. Because recycling has its limits. But don't not recycle. And I know that sometimes our recycling goes to the dump and sometimes it goes to recycling centers, depending upon whether um, there's a buyer for it. So we can do some research into the best places to recycle things, the places that do um, tend to use it. Once again, education, that's all I know to do. Educate, educate, educate. And um, compost. We are, we've created this community garden out there. I'm turning around. We've created this beautiful community garden with these kids, and we are going to create um, a compost a composter, whether it be a compost pile or buying a composter, so that any food waste from this church becomes food for our garden. That's what I do at home. We don't throw food away, we compost things. And remember, there's just, there's no, there's no away. When you think, I need to throw this away, think about where away is. Um, will it help? Will it really make a difference? What I do, will it really make a difference? I don't know, I can't really tell you that. But I can tell you that if I am knowingly causing harm, that is not good for my soul. And if I am doing my best to not create harm, then that is good for my soul, whatever happens on the planet. You can say, it's just me, I can't do that much. Well, you know what? Just you is in charge of your good. And it is good for you to do, to not cause harm. That's the number one tenet of Buddhism is don't cause harm. You know, do your best to be harmless. You know, doing good in the world is great, but being harmless in the world, think about that. Think about the things we can not do that are actually doing, doing good just by themselves. Because you are rooted in this earth and you are divine, both and. And it's your life, it's your planet, it's our lives, it's our planet, it's our choice. Thank you, happy Earth Day.